0: Welcome to the I'm Coach Matt Ward podcast, the place where we don't give a shit about people who say that we can't. Welcome to another episode. Thank you for joining me. And today we have James Grimes with us, who is a founder of Gambling With Lives and The Big Steps. So both of these are charitable foundations to help support those who are unfortunately in a bad state, uh, thinking about taking their own lives, committing suicide due to gambling addiction. This is gonna be a very strong, hard-hitting episode, especially for myself, someone who has a a past of gambling addiction as well. James is gonna share his story, which is a very, very strong story of how his life was almost ruined, and I'll say almost because he's still with us now, as am I. And I really hope that people who are affected by this episode can get in touch. And there will be there'll be contact for support later on. Get in touch, speak to someone because I know, I know through these hard times, through the pandemic, people have been gambling more than they would do. Hopefully we're not gambling at all. But look, people do, I know that. People will continue to do so, but we need to recognize if this is causing more harm to you than good. I really hope that these stories from myself and James will help you through any difficulties or through any issues and show you that you do have somewhere to turn to, that you do have support and you're not alone because it's so easy to feel alone in these times. I know myself, I've been there. From the age of, I would say, my gambling probably started at the age of 15. Uh, I was gambling on the horses uh, whilst I was at work. I was a waiter and someone introduced me to horses. The next thing I was spending my Saturday down at the bookies, age 16. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know what I was getting myself into at the time. It was just a bit of fun and a bit of a buzz, okay? That's the problem. We're doing it for buzz. We're doing it for excitement. It continued to escalate uh, in a couple of years. When I joined the military, so I joined the military, I was an 18 year old and on our days off or even when we we're at work, the big thing for our lives, I wasn't the only one, was gambling. Football gambling, horses, greyhounds, uh, virtual gambling games What a fixed. We had a casino uh, a few miles away from where we lived and especially on our days off, we'd go and stay in the casino for 48 hours. We used to get three or four days off. And at the time, it's fun. You're with your mates. You know, you're having a few drinks with it and everything. But it got so bad. And this is where we don't actually realise. We can't step away and see that I couldn't think about anything else but when I was going to place my next bet. It excited me. I'd even sit there in my spare time and study form, thinking I was coming up with the winning formula. I was looking at past and and, and past results for the football and future fixtures. It was slowly taking over my life to the point where I was selling my DVDs. I say DVDs because it was years ago now. I was selling my DVDs, PlayStation games, PlayStation, just to fund gambling. I was taking out loans, okay? The, the bank, because I was in a secure military job. The bank was giving me loans, 10,000 pounds, no problem, there you go. 10,000 pounds was gone, or near enough as gone as it could be on gambling. All the money uh, I was given passed down from family, it was gone on living costs. But of course, I would have money for different living costs and other things if I wasn't gambling. Gambling was eating away from me. It started to make me apprehensive. It started to make me just worrying about my financial situation. But I was still enjoying it and it was still fun. And because everyone else was doing it, I thought it was okay. I didn't really see within me, or I didn't know myself well enough to see the actual damage that it would cause, well, not only causing at that point, but it would cause later on. So every, every day, I, I don't think I went without a day in these years without gambling, from the age of probably 18, all the way up to the age of uh, 30, 31. And then it did happen once again when I was a, a professional football coach, when I was at the age of uh, around 35 so although it kind of I stopped and pushed it out and I'll explain why uh, by the time I was I was 30 31 and it got less and less and less and then I did it again when I was 35 but that was that was but that would be the last time I would gamble I won't say seriously but gamble to put my life at risk and my family's well-being at risk as well and moving from the military where, you know, we were spending all our money on it. We was going to the bookies, lab brooks. I remember we're, we're betting on virtual greyhounds. Virtual races are fixed. Like you don't know what the outcome's going to be. We was putting 20 pound, it didn't see, it doesn't seem a lot now, but 20 pound straight after each other on a digital roulette machine. We're guessing, is the card going to be higher than six? No, it's lower. All right, we lost. It got to the point where I went to the casino before I left the military. I had £1,000 in cash, which I was going to use for my personal training course. I walked into the casino, put it on black. Guess what? It was red. I lost my £1,000. I had another £1,000. It was my last £2,000. £1,000, lost it. Walked back to my car. I took the £1,000 from under my seat. This was my last £1,000. I put it on, I can't remember what, I put it on. If I lost, I was finished. I couldn't pay for my personal training course, which was gonna be my new career. I couldn't live for the next weeks, and it may have been a good thing maybe, then it would have come out quicker. Anyway, I won, so I had my 2,000 pound back. What did I do again? I just put 500, I won 500, then I walked out. I said, okay, I thought to myself, I have got 2,500 pound now, let's just continue. Unfortunately, to continue with my new life, I was trailing behind a bank loan, £10,000, £12,000 bank loan. Okay, And I was paying out, I don't know what it was back then, £230 a month, £280 a month. It doesn't seem big now, but at the time it was. And even now when you're paying out for nothing, it is a big deal. You could be using that for your family you could be using that for the material things you need you could be using that for developing yourself for something different than wasting it on gambling it get it got to the point where it had taken over my life okay and it was made worse by the accessibility when gambling became more available on phones so this was before the time when everyone has smartphones and everything we just had normal text message phone send a send a photo phone that's it and during the time when i was transferring to be a a personal trainer you know i i slowed it down a bit because i had a different focus however i was still in bad financial situations at times when i was worrying a lot i started to lose my hair as you can see now my hair's gone the anxiety it caused me and the stress and pressure it caused me worrying about my financial stability, worrying about paying a bank loan, what I can't really afford. It, it took its toll on me. Now, <clears throat> I even had to borrow money from my grandparents. And when I say borrow, look, depending on our grandparents, right, they don't want to take it back from the grandchildren, okay? They, they gave me it to help me out. My, my grandfather, bless him, you know, he, he 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 did keep on asking me if I was going to pay it back. and. Uh, I I didn't, and my parents stepped in. I didn't tell my parents at the time. I was ashamed. I didn't want to bother them with it. And that's what we're maybe feeling. We don't want to bother people with it. We don't want to cause any hassle to other people's life. But what we're doing, we're causing a big bother without coming forward and speaking to someone about it. Okay, so I was hiding it from the family. My friends knew, but they just thought it was controllable. I mean, we don't know what's controllable and what isn't until you sit down and you actually tell someone how much you're spending and how much you're gambling, then see their reaction and see what they say. And they might think, whoa, hang on a minute, mate. You're, you're, you're just putting on £500 on, on something which you can't control. You know, you're putting a, a month's salary on something you can't control. And then you're and then you borrowing money and putting it on something you can't control. Where's the money coming after that? And you'll hear James's story after me, which is, uh, even more um, I would say disturbing so through that continued gambling it went on to online blackjack uh, online roulette okay money was coming money was going yes you win you feel amazing you think your life's made you're out the hole it goes back in it always draws you back in it's an addiction you are addicted you're not just winning a lot and saying okay that's it I'm done it's that addiction whether your habit is to wake up and go to the gym and feel good. And then you get not addicted, but that's your healthy, positive habit. And addiction is a negative habit and you can't just break habits overnight. It takes a very long time to stop drope, to stop smoking, to stop drinking, to stop gambling, to stop taking drugs, to start being a better person and, and stop being negative. It doesn't happen overnight. I went back to university as a mature student. I was still gambling, still gambling. I had, uh, at that point, a load of savings, some student loans and everything, and I'd planned to start my new life, travel around Asia, had everything ready, everything set up, there was a chance for a new beginning. I was gambling, I made a lot of money, I was in a, I wouldn't say a lot of money, but I made money to live on whilst I was a student, okay? This is why I'm fearing people who are students now, and people who are maybe lost their job or losing out of money because of the pandemic, we're trying to make the easy pound or dollar, right? So I was in a quite a good position, but I still had that loan hanging over me. And i was still gambling more and more. I was putting a thousand pounds on a blackjack hand. Doesn't seem a lot to people who are spending more. i spent more than that. I was winning. I was putting two, two and a half thousand pounds. I was winning, I was losing it. My mood was up and down, okay? You can't live, you feel physically sick. And the very last day of university, the day before I was meant to go home to my family, For one week and then go to my new adventures, my new life abroad in Asia, I blew out all of my savings, everything, everything what was for my next months and year of living and creating my life. I remember it to this day, it was blackjack, I was winning, I was losing, I put it all in to try and get it back and I lost and I cannot explain the feeling. If you've been through it, you know that feeling. But I went out and I thought it was a dream. I felt like I wasn't alive. I felt like I was just floating. My, my stomach was out of my body and you couldn't bring it back. I tried calling them, I tried calling my bank, I tried calling everyone and said, please don't, I, that was a mistake. I didn't want to use my money. Please don't take it out the bank, please. And then I, I asked my bank, I was begging to them, please, you can cancel it or something. And they said, we can't, I'm sorry. Once it's gone through, it's gone through. I was sick, I was physically sick, I was dizzy, I was gone, that was me. I had no other option, I didn't sleep all night, I had no other option to call my mum and dad and and to come clean and stand up for what was to come. Be an adult and take responsibility for all my actions through all these years and take as much responsibility as possible. I hurt my family. Luckily for me, and not everyone's got this fortunate position as I as I had, I've got really supportive family. And what did they do? They got me out of the difficult situation I was in. But there's no worse feeling that I've experienced, and and, and it's led to a whole lot of heartbreak, and you're going to hear it coming up now. So it's my pleasure to introduce James Grimes, working with gambling with lives and, and the other initiative, the big step. We're gonna go through our stories now. We're gonna have a chat together. Please take note, please listen, and please know that you are not on your own. Hello, James, good morning. Thank you so much for coming on and and joining me. And uh, look, I've gone through the introduction. Can you just give everyone a, a brief overview about the initiatives that you're doing at the moment?
1: Of course. Good morning, Matt. Pleasure to, to be here. Um, so it's a busy time for us. It's an exciting time. Um, we're, we're delivering and creating some education programs based on um, gambling. So, so for young people, they actually get a full picture of what gambling actually is. And uh, alongside that, obviously, we've got the review of the Gambling Act in the UK, which started this week, and our efforts are pretty much focused on campaigning as much as possible um, to ensure that football is free of gambling advertising and sponsorship but more broadly as part of gambling with lives um, there's a lot of things that we want out of this gambling act review so it's it's going to be a long tough two years during this review I think we're up against a big powerful industry that is going to spend a lot of money on silencing voices like ours but um, you know we do this because of our, our own experiences and just making sure that we prevent anyone going through uh, that again
0: now when when you look at the the powers uh, that be what are involved and and are trying to silence very powerful a lot of money behind it gambling is huge huge i don't want to call it an enterprise but just money making machine and you only have to look at the the power they hold at certain events being held i mean look during the pandemic was it the uh, the royal ascot what what still went ahead you know, the power behind this is huge. And and I'll say it quite directly, it's, it's killing people. Uh, whether people believe it or not, it is killing people. So that, thank you for the, uh, the the quick insight and we'll go more into it later. Uh, can you just go rewind now and go into how your addiction started, the effects of it, and then we'll just take it from there.
1: Of course, yeah. So- the reason that I do all this is because myself I'm a recovering gambling addict. Um, I've been toying with the idea of recovering recently, actually, because, um, I do think, what are we recovering? What are we getting back? We're not getting back those 12 years in my case of addiction. Um, we're not getting back the relationships, the jobs, the money that we lost. Um, it's more like a rebuilding. Um, and I hope one day I'll say I'm a recovered uh, gambling addict and, uh, yeah, it started, um, from being a child, I I had a good upbringing. There was nothing wrong with my upbringing. Um, Lived in a small town in Norfolk. And during my teenage years, I was a really determined, motivated, happy teenager really. And I was a football coach, uh, funnily enough. And I wanted to be a really high level football coach. I did my UEFA B license at the age of 17. I was working in academies had a list of things on my wall things I wanted to achieve before I was 30 in the football world Um, and then gambling found me and I was initially drawn in by the adverts especially in football but just at my local bookmakers when you've got pictures of odds and sign up offers um, you're very susceptible to that as a kid and it started with small casual five pound football accumulators which I'm sure you can relate to and then it soon very quickly escalated i can't sit here and say i was addicted from the minute i put my first bet on that would probably be a bit naive but the minute i had access to online gambling and the minute i had access to fixed odds betting terminals and the machines in the bookies i was pretty much at a problem gambling level if not already addicted and yeah once i turned 18 went to university that was it was all consuming um, and I was never on a, you know, I was a football coach and probably the wrong platform to say this, but that wasn't well paid. Um, and I was never in a well paid job to, to justify the money I was spending on gambling. I had up to, at one point, up to 20 payday loans. I borrowed off every single person that I knew. And not at any point did the gambling company uh, check on my affordability ask if my well-being was okay. They encouraged me to gamble when I shouldn't with VIP schemes and giving me uh, football tickets and VIP boxes. So all of that exacerbated um, my illness essentially. And, you know, I've got some real horrible dark moments of things that I've done to family. And there's a, there's a thing that I talked about in the guardian podcast. It's just, it's still raw to think about it. But when my dad was terminally ill in hospital, um, I was visiting him in his last few days. I'm sitting at his bedside and I'm watching a roulette ball um, go around because I was that deeply addicted to this product. And yeah, it took me to the brink, to be honest, um, on April the 5th, 2018, um, which was my 28th birthday, perversely enough. Uh, on my lunch break at work, I lost literally every single penny I had in the world. But I think I also lost everything else as well. I just lost my decency. I'd lost my brain at that point. Um, I went home, I probably was suicidal and just like shut myself in my room for three days, didn't go to work, lost my job. When I turned it on, um, I saw that, you know, my friends and family were really worried. Um, and I think something clicked at that moment, but I'm sure we'll get onto this later. I, I, I never lose sight of the fact that for a lot of people, they don't get that click moment. There's a lot of people that are still in that place. There's a lot of people that are no longer with us because of it. Um, so even though I'm fortunate and I count my blessings to be two and a half years without gambling, I always think of those people because I'm not celebrating that fact. I'm not celebrating what the gambling industry did to me for 12 years and for the people that can no longer be here to,
0: to fight it. Can, can you remember what kind of, it isn't of huge importance, but I, I just want to kind of make people realise, you know, the, the real life, features of this can you remember how much you lost uh when you said you you lost it all financially can you remember what kind of amount it was
1: yeah it's it's hard as i'm sure you know yourself to put a figure on something that you're constantly feeding into um but it was i I estimate a hundred thousand pounds um over that period but you know as i said earlier i want to emphasize i was never in a well-paid job and most of that money was not my money so at some point, a gambling company should have said to me, why are you spending £6,000 on a roulette table when you're on a football coach's salary, etc.? And I still live that financial consequences now. I'm still, still in debt. I'm two and a half years. Just because you stop betting doesn't mean everything's sorted. Um, can't get a phone contract. My credit rating is just abysmal, as you can imagine. Um, but but this, this is the message that needs to be told to people. The people are at risk of gambling addiction need to know that there are long-term effects of this. this. is It creates a legacy of harm and not just for you, but for all the people around you as well.
0: Now, I, I just want to make it really clear and just going back to how it started, little what you think is harmless accumulators that everyone knows who's listening, knows what we're talking about. It's the same, I started with horses when I was younger, but I didn't know what I was doing, but it got really bad the same way, little accumulators. Two, three, four pound. Within the space of a few years, a thousand pound on when the first throw-in was going to be taken in a football match. How many corners? Over 12. And that's a thousand pound gone. I didn't have a thousand pound. At the time, I was making a thousand pound in the military. I went to the bank. They gave me a 12,000 pound bank loan. Didn't really do the due diligence. And that all went as well. So it has the the short-term effect. But as you quite rightly said James, it has devastating effect on yourself even after you're trying to recover and also your family as well. And when you said what happened uh, with your father and you you sat there and you're watching the the roulette wheel go round, how did you feel or how can you explain that it started to take over your life? For example, I wouldn't go anywhere as soon as smartphones came out or we could check online, I wouldn't go anywhere without checking it every minute. Going out for a meal, going to watch a football game. Uh, in I was a mature student at university. In a lecture, I, I was checking, seeing how much I've lost. Okay, it felt like my whole day was gambling and I was up and down. I, you, you can't control your emotions. And, and really, sometimes you're thinking the easiest way out of this is probably to unfortunately take your own life because you, you don't see any way out at that time. How, how drastic was you from day to day with, with this?
1: I, th- I think exactly as you said it there, Matt, that is um, a very eloquent way of putting it. It was, um, it was completely all consuming. It was the only thing I thought about f- from the minute I woke up to the minute I'd go to sleep. And um, when, when you play these products, it felt, it feels like to me now looking back that it changed the way I thought and it changed the way I behave. It turned me into like this demon that just wanted to use this at any cost whatsoever to anybody else. And talking of all consuming, uh, as I keep saying, I was a football coach. and I I used to do sessions with like under nines, under tens, and I'd be standing at the side of the pitch, placing bets, um, depositing on sites, frantically looking at my bank account. I mean, how are you ever going to maintain any form of career, uh, job or – in, in, in other senses relationships when you're that addicted to something and um yeah i am um, you know there, there are studies to show that there's parts of your brain that are actually changed when you constantly play these products and the, the hit that it gives you over and over again you'll do anything to get that and um there's a lack of message about that did we know that when we started gambling when we when you started putting horse racing bets on at two three pound we didn't did we we we, there's a complete lack of public health approach and the only messages you get about it are when the fun stops stop keep it fun set your limits but that fails to understand how powerful both the products and addiction is and yeah I'm as as I keep saying I I do really feel for anyone that's in that place now because I know people used to say to me why can't you just stop well I, I don't I'm not articulate enough to answer that properly but I can't explain to them enough how difficult it was to stop. My my body was screaming out to me to stop but my brain and everything else wouldn't let me. Um, So yeah I I have so much um, pain actually for the people that I know are going through that now.
0: Moving on to the influence that advertising or sports gambling advertisements for example with sporting companies football clubs etc now i want to go into this topic and straight away you get people not everyone but some people who say but it's a person's choice to gamble it's a person's choice to take drugs to drink to smoke however if i'm trying to eat healthy and then i've got a hundred people around me over time eating mcdonald's what smells amazing and everywhere i i walk and turn i can just smell mcdonald's coming into me it's very, very likely that I'm going to eat a McDonald's. It's very likely that then I'm going to be addicted to eating the junk food, and then it's going to be very difficult to bring myself off it. That's how I see all these gambling advertisements on on the sponsorship for the shirts, on the stadiums, and other people want to say, but it's your choice. Can you give us a little bit more insight into the kind of battle you're going through now in regards to trying to put a stop to this, minimise this, and how difficult it is?
1: Yeah, so once again, it comes from my own experiences. I know for a fact, and nobody can take this truth away from me, the reason that I use certain betting companies as a young person was because they were advertised on the front of my favourite club shirt, around the pitch, they sponsored England games, so you can probably guess which one that is. I wouldn't known about those companies have they not been so prominent in football and I think it's twofold what you said that the first thing is about protecting people that are struggling with gambling it's not fair for people that are addicted to constantly be pushed into doing something that's causing so much harm but more importantly than that I think and this comes from a recovering addict myself I think this is about preventing children being exposed to gambling advertising what excuse is there to have 87% 87% of the Premier League clubs with a gambling sponsor or partner when 25% of that audience are young people you're promoting an adult product in front of a quarter of your audience being uh, children and young people and um, yeah we're, we are up against it because the um, the fears the scaremongering that they use at the moment is that f- football needs this sponsorship and advertising money from gambling um, which you know they said the same thing about tobacco sponsorship and and Formula One didn't collapse, and snooker didn't collapse. Actually, gambling has just replaced snooker. Uh, sorry, tobacco in snooker. Um, so we are up against it. But what we do have, we have an increasing amount of people who, not just people who are affected by gambling, but the, the public are fed up of watching a football match and seeing three advertisements, three advertisements before the match, three advertisements after it, sponsors on the shirts. Um, so we've got a petition that we're now up to about three and a half thousand people that have signed with us, which proud of every single one of those signatures, to be honest. And I think we'll get there one day. But I think it's going to be, once again, really hard to be up against a really powerful industry who've got quite a big influence in football and definitely a big influence in in politics.
0: Well, I I was sat there and at the time, one of my, I'll use the word lightly, favourite bookmakers had my favorite actor advertising the bookmaker so when i'm i'm actually thinking this and it's not because i'm, I'm stupid and I, I was an adult by this time but i'm thinking well this guy's in with them he, i bet he's gambling he's cool i bet he's drinking having a bet so i'm okay you know here he is again uh hello yeah okay great and it is it's is an effect which look we don't we can't control it and subconsciously it grabs us, it brings us in and it drags us through uh, the, the mess uh, and the destruction it, it uh, leads us to as well.
1: And- what they call it, Matt? They, they call it an exaggerated perception of normalisation. So when you see these people that you recognise in day-to-day life, you start to think that this is the thing that everybody around you is doing, everybody in the country is doing, which is simply not true. Um, so the glamorization of gambling is one thing that needs to stop. and nowhere
0: worse is that I've felt than football in my opinion. Glamorized, exactly what it is. Now I, I just want to go on to the actual we, we know the effects, but the effects it has on others and just to get some hard facts and, and truths out there. So for, for myself, fortunately, and I know not everyone is fortunate enough, I have supportive family around me a very loving family but unfortunately they took the brunt of it, they took out bank loans to make sure that I could have a clean slate Uh, and not everyone's going to do that for people but they did that for me. Uh, I borrowed from my grandparents which are no longer here and never repaid them back and i myself like you said you start looking at yourself and thinking what have i become here like what am i doing i'm i'm borrowing you're not borrowing you're taking money from from people who love you from people who care about you and they don't know they don't know that they're feeding this monster they they have no idea you're cheating them and you're lying to them so once my parents bailed me out for the final time they was like it really affected us like we're a close family rarely argue, we had big arguments, big fallouts. You know, for me, it was the end of the world. And that's the point where it made me realize, can't do this to people again, can't do this to family. I had all my dreams of a new career abroad ended, although I'm here now, it was ended. I went and put myself in a factory, I was working in a toilet roll factory to show myself, this is what you've done, this is what you deserve, And now you need to start and show people and gain their trust back. So that's what I did for myself. But the effect lasted obviously for years for my family and and I'm sure they still think about it now. And when you look at, thankfully it didn't go too far for me, but I wanna go on to about people who have nowhere to turn. They think they can't speak to anyone and sadly they are successful in taking their lives or they attempt to take their lives. Have you got any approximate idea or figures at how many uh, suicide attempts or suicides have, have happened through uh, gambling addiction? Uh, I, I don't know the timeline. In the, in the past few years, it could be, or as of late.
1: Yeah, and just, just to go back as well, like, I, I completely resonate with the things that you said there about family. It's amazing what you do. To yourself and you can see what has happened to yourself. But the minute you start seeing it on other people and the impact on them, it does something does happen. Um, and also it's very hard to shake that shame and guilt that you feel when you affect other people like that. And actually, bringing it back to this question, that shame and guilt is, I think, the thing that drives people to the, the place where they don't feel they've got anyone to turn to. Um, but the, the thing that I try and say a lot is that. that shame and guilt isn't entirely on you. It can't all be your fault. It can't all be your responsibility. As much as you have to take responsibility for some of the things you do, as I keep going back to a lot of the reason that this happened is because we have addictive products sold to us wherever, however, and to, and to whoever. And that, that has to take some responsibility into the harm caused to family members as well. Um, and on the note of family members, I now work um, for Gambling With Lives who I'm proud to stand side by side um their families bereaved by gambling related suicide. And every single one of those boys and girls that took their own life were for, for all accounts, bright, popular, normal, happy. Their one problem was gambling. And um, in fact, some of them say that, that the common trait with them all was they were cheerful, which is really sickening actually to, to think that. And um, I speak to these families on a day-to-day basis through my work and their their research suggests that between 250 to 650 people in the UK uh, every year take their own life as a result of their gambling addiction. So we're looking at a minimum of one person every working day in this country is taking their own life because of gambling addiction, um, which is heartbreaking. But I think the level before that is I, I haven't met one um, recovering gambling addicts or affected, affected other who hasn't talked about suicide, who hasn't contemplated suicide and that, that matches up with the figures that it's estimated that one in five um, problem gamblers have contemplated suicide and tragically 5% of them have actually attempted it and that's not a small figure, that's estimated, if there's 400,000 gambling addicts in the UK 5% of that is 10,000 people So 10,000 people in this country every year are um, attempting suicide because
0: of gambling addiction. James, that's, I don't know what to say. That's shocking. Uh, That's a lot of people, okay? Attempting, yes, there's that line between attempting and being successful, but let's just say, heaven forbid it happens, please no, but what happens if they're all successful? 10,000 people just gone like that. 10,000 people. And, and interestingly, what you said there, we can't share all the responsibility. So anyone listening, you cannot be shamed into taking responsibility because you are being taken advantage of while you're at your weakest end of life. That's what happens. You're being taken advantage of. You're being abused. And this is why we feel the shame and why we don't feel like we can talk to anyone. It's an embarrassment. And we're an embarrassed we're embarrassment to people around us when we shouldn't be. James, is there, is there a danger of them figures, and the statistics growing, as because now everywhere you're turning, I mean, even podcasts, radio stations, music, advertisements, everything, you you can't escape gambling adverts. Now, thankfully, I switch off to it. I've got other interests now, uh, but I'm fortunate now. But everywhere you turn, Seeing it, hearing it, it's in your face still. Are we in danger of having them them figures grow?
1: Yeah, I I think we are. Um, I think there's been very little improvement um, in terms of reducing gambling advertising, um, making the product safer. um, And obviously the, the coronavirus lockdown will have only made it worse for a lot of people like people with job insecurity with financial insecurity boredom isolation all those things are the perfect storm for gambling addiction i'm sure you can agree if i would have been gambling during this lockdown i absolutely dread to think oh, drastically okay. as it sounds i don't know if i'd still be here because it would just been say. awful no no and um the the only thing i will say is there i think there is hope and the hope is especially in the uk um the treatment is improving. There's now dedicated NHS clinics. And I also think the narrative about gambling addiction is improving more and more people, more and more victims of this are coming forward, sharing their stories, being honest, getting media opportunities. And and gambling is high on the agenda of media at the moment. And actually the more people can just break that stigma, talk about what it's actually doing and put some of the responsibility, as you said, on the industry, that's when things will change, and so I, I am. I'm worried that it will get worse before it gets better. But I'm hopeful in the long run, we won't have any of the stories of gambling with lives repeated. Our, our vision as a charity is to have a world free of gambling related suicide. So we'll, we'll get there.
0: Just just to make a little bit specific now to some of uh, some of the audience, which are made up of, of actual football coaches like I've been and, and yourself have also been in the past, James. Uh, the final nail in the coffin for me, as in, I'm not gambling anymore. I'd already had, no, sorry, my my wife was pregnant uh, with our son, who's, who's now been born. But at the time, you know, I was in the final match of the season in China, Division One. Uh, after the game, I would go home because uh, she was due to give birth in the next 10 days or something. That final match, Now, I always use the excuse that uh, we're expected that the game was going to be fixed. So I knew we was going to lose our final home game. I put on a certain amount of money uh, for us to lose and we won. And when I sat there, I thought, well, everyone's celebrating the win and the staff are celebrating the win bonuses. And I was sat there. I remember my feeling. I was sat quietly and everyone was like, come on, let's get some drinks in. And I was thinking, no, because I've just already lost my win bonus. I don't have a win bonus. My last game of the season to take home to my wife for my new boy, I don't have any win bonus because I've just basically neutralized it through gambling on my own football game. And I just want all the coaches to hear now because I know it's very rife. It is illegal if you're a professional coach to be gambling uh, in sport, okay, and you hear people getting in trouble. Whatever you think you can achieve from it, whether it's just for a laugh or you're thinking of making extra income, it's not worth it because you can lose your career and be suspended over this. If I was still coaching now and it got out, if I got found out, I'll be suspended. I couldn't coach. And it's not worth it. I don't know why coaches are doing it. We're coaches. That's your profession. And look, James and I have just discussed other massive reasons why we don't need to be doing it anyway and and that's just the effect it had on me inside the game as a coach as well without all the other stuff what goes on. Um, James how apart from that penny dropping moment which kind of started the, the road to recovery what other things did you find were helpful for you to try and keep your mind fixated on more positive uh, living? Yeah
1: so uh, I'll emphasize that I didn't get any support or treatment whatsoever which um i don't like to use the word willpower because i know how deeply hard addiction is and willpower isn't enough alone um so i did quite a lot of practical things to be honest which might be helpful for listeners and that um there's there's software called gamban which um bans all gambling apps on your devices there's a there's a site called GamStop, stop which self-excludes from all Uh, gambling sites I I did a few other things like I wrote down a list of all the negative consequences of my gambling addiction that I always look at just to know just as a reminder what happened and knowing that I'll never do that again Um, but I just I started replacing gambling with more meaningful activities exercising going back to loving football by just playing football and watching football without a bet on was so so that I stopped gambling in April 2018 and then two months after that was the world cup And I was dreading the idea of going into that World Cup without a bet. But I remember having such a a euphoric moment when I watched the first England game against Tunisia and I didn't have a bet on. And and Harry Kane scored that last-minute winner. And I went mental. And I was like, yes, I love football again. This isn't about betting anymore. I just wanted my team to win. Um, So, yeah, that's probably the message I'd say, that um, replace gambling meaningful activities. You don't need to bet on to watch the football. Football's better without a bet on um, and be honest, like talk about your addiction, talk to people, people won't turn their back on you, people will be there to support. Um, and turn your attention, one last campaign in push here, turn your attention to the industry that did this to you. Do everything you can to try and reform it so m- no one goes through the same thing. That would be
0: my advice. That's that, <laughs> so true. When you're watching a game and it's not because you're supporting your team or country, you you're sometimes betting against your own team and country so just to have that relief to have that rest your mind can be more restful and just start being yourself again and quite rightly turn your attention to where it should be directed at and realize there's there's companies organizations what are responsible for for the mess we've had the mess we've been in and for the broken lives uh which which they are causing as well and just to round off James uh, can you just give some information if anyone needs to get in touch Um, obviously I've I've got the logos in the background and I'll make sure I put all the links out in the post for everyone to follow as well Uh, can you just let people know how they can get in touch for some uh, support or even to get involved with the initiatives and uh, support you guys in that way as well
1: Yeah, so if anyone is a family member struggling with um, gambling or uh, sadly gambling-related suicide, gamblingwithlives.org is the website, um, and they've got a lot of helpful links uh, to support on there. Uh, The big step is um, uh, the underscore big step on Twitter, and I'd say stay tuned because we're about to announce some really exciting events for 2021. Um, and the petition if you want to sign to end gambling advertising in football is change.org slash end gambling ads in football. But yeah, feel free to message on Twitter or Google the big step and I'll I'll happily get in touch.
0: James, thank you so much for your time and even more huge thank you for all the work you're doing, for all the people out there which need support and need help as well. Please don't stop. We need people like yourselves leading the way. Thank you. I'm not going to stop, Matt. Don't you worry. Cheers. Good man. Good man. If there is anyone struggling right now, turn to gambling with lies. Turn to the big step. Follow the links which are inside the post. You are not alone. You do not have to suffer like we've suffered. And you don't have to have your family suffer either. Okay. People are with you. People are. wanting you to live and people are wanting you to get better don't leave it too late everyone is with you it's not an embarrassment it's not a shame it's a disease and with the help and support of others we can get through it okay be strong